Amen. Everybody bring an open heart for the message today. Well, let's open it up a little bit. Are you ready? You got to do a little praising. We got to share with uh, uh, a couple of friends as we come in and that's some new friends. And so that's that's awesome time. Uh, always excited about uh, favorite part of the week, get to share God's word. Amen. But you know what? We have an opportunity uh, as children of the Lord to come to the Lord anytime, all the time. Amen. Do we take advantage of that? I pray we do. Oh, also, I passed out to a couple of friends back there. When this time you got the new uh, daily branch came in, so be sure to grab those uh, to be filling up on the word. So they're right there. Danny's got some. If you need one, he'll come around and give it to you even. How about that? He's, he's here to serve, isn't he? Well, I, I thought about how in the world can I start this message out? And the title is Living Life to Death. And that's kind of kind of strange. I just want it to be a little edgy, a little catchy. And so just to go on with that thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out with a, a question today that seems pretty wild to ask. If you knew you were going to die tomorrow, how would you live today? Think about that. Now, I just want y'all to tell you, I'm going to say it again. If you knew that you were going to die tomorrow, how would you live today? Next question. How many people are guaranteed tomorrow? Right? Nobody's guaranteed that, right? So then here goes, this just sets the whole stage on this. So you know, if, we, if we knew that, would we live different? Will we say different things to our loved ones? Will, you know, will, how would we act? How would we respond to Christ? Will we be banging on the door and telling people about Jesus? You know, I used to say this goes along the same line. I said, if the Lord showed up right now and said, hey, guess what? Tomorrow at noon, I'm coming back for my children. How would you respond? Would you get on the loud loudspeaker? Would you tell everybody? Would you say he's coming back? He's coming back, you know? But, you know, a lot of times we just live our life, just get so complacent and stuff, don't we? And like I said, there's, there's, there's no guarantee of tomorrow. I said, that, that's for anybody. So we need to just live life to death. And what I mean by that, to make the most of every opportunity. Is everybody making the most of every opportunity? Good. If you're not, we're going we're gonna to adjust it and encourage you to make the most of every opportunity. At the grocery store, in your family, at work, at home, wherever. All right? So that's what I hope today's message is. is just uh, one of just encouraging us. To just squeeze every bit of life out of what God gave you today. How many know that this life is a gift that the Lord has given? Amen? Amen. And we want to live it for Him. Well, I'm going to keep on going. I said we need to be looking to Christ in all we do. Not just for a later down the road type thing, but in everyday living. You know, when you talk to people about their salvation, you talk to them about, you know, do you know if you go to heaven, you get some hope souls, maybe souls. But I pray that everybody hears this message and the message that we preach. Is that, you know what? It's all about Jesus. It's by the grace of God. It's the finished work of the cross. It's about him paying for our price, uh, our sin debt in full, and we receiving it by faith. Who gets all the credit? Who gets all the glory? Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm talking about right there. It is all about Jesus. So if anybody ever asks you, well, what do they preach down there at Keep the Promise? They preach Jesus. Amen. They turn around. They say, well, are you a Baptist preacher? Are you a Methodist preacher? Are you this? I said, I'm a Jesus preacher. Amen. I want to point them to the Lord every chance I get. And you know what? Sometimes we, we miss the mark a little bit, but God never missed the mark, has he? Amen. Well, let's keep on going. Let's take a look at this. This is our scripture for today. If you got your Bibles, I encourage you to open up to Galatians 2.20. I love this. This is Paul talking to the church of Galatia, and uh, he, he has it going on right here. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can you put yourself in that position right there? Do you realize that God has died and sent Jesus for us, for you? Does he live in you? Have you called on the name of Jesus for forgiveness of your sin? 
See, I don't want anybody mistaken about what it takes to have a personal relationship with the Lord. So we just start right there, amen? It says, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, but salvation is a free gift for all those who believe in Jesus Christ, amen? So I want you to know that right up front that God loves you. Somebody say, God loves me. How does that feel? Does that feel pretty good? Now, what about when you have a bad day? Can you still say, God loves me? Well, what about, but what about when, you know, you yelled at your wife? God loves me. Yeah, she might, but he does. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But, you know, because of that, we can just keep on going. You know, what about that forgiveness of God? What about the grace of God? I want you to hear that message today. I want us to live a life right up to the edge, you know? I'll say this unfortunately, but, but fortunately also. As a pastor, you sit with a lot of people. I talk about that. Sometimes people, I call it graduate. When they move, move on from this life on into the presence of God, if they know Jesus Christ, you know, you, uh, you'd be surprised what they might want to talk about or what they might not want to talk about. But what I found is usually two or three common threads is this. They want their family and they want to hear more about the Lord. Amen. And I tell you what, you can't go wrong with either one. But you know what? We need to keep God first. And you know what? It's okay if somebody comes to know the Lord on their deathbed, but I'd rather know him today. Amen, wouldn't you? It's good to know him right now. Because then you can walk and live that life in abundance like Miss Tanya talked about. He came to give us life in abundance. I want to talk about that for just a second. A lot of times the world thinks that abundance is new cars, big houses, uh, fishing boats, and all that. But I don't believe that's what the Lord's talking about. That's great if that is how God blesses you in all those areas. But I'm going to tell you what, knowing that my sin is forgiven, I, that, that makes me pretty blessed, don't it? Knowing that God loves me unconditionally, that makes me pretty blessed, isn't it? I'd say that's abundance right there. But there's more because you know what? He paid the price for our healing, for our forgiveness, for everything that we need can be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Everything. Because he is the total package. I love it. So, we're looking at that. Paul just goes ahead and just breaks that down. I'm going to read that again. Let's, let's just get that in our hearts here. My old self has been crucified with Christ. We don't like that part, do we? He says he's laid down his life, right? He's laid down his life. In other words, I'm trusting in what Christ has done, not with me, right? And if anybody was going to trust him in their self, it could have been Paul, right? I mean, he had it going on from the, from the worldly view, but guess what? He just had the wrong focus. See, we can get all geared up on a lot of different things, but if we're not following Christ, it doesn't matter, amen? Keeping our eyes on the Lord. So how do we do that? I, said, I believe as we tune into these three points that I have today, that the Lord will grow us even closer and closer in a relationship with him. So everybody ready to get started? Say amen. All right, I hope you got your handouts. I got some really cool uh, things that the Lord showed me this week. Let's move on here. All right. First thing the Lord showed me when I was studying this week, he said, we need to bury your dead. What in the world do you mean by that, buddy? Need to bury your dead. Take a look at this. We need to bury our bad attitudes. Amen. Somebody say amen if they believe that. Come on now. This, is, this message is hot, baby. This thing is ready. All right. The Lord just spoke to my heart. I was doing dishes at my mama's house and he spoke this into my, my heart. I said, man, we got to run with this. Lord. What else you got for us? So we need to bury our dead. What happens many times is when we've got the bad attitudes, we do like a dog in a bone, right? We bury it for a little while and then we pull it back up and parade around with it. And we put it back down and we parade around with it. Amen. Does anybody do that? Don't say it, it's at your house, but does anybody do that? Do we do that sometimes? Yeah. But you know what? Let's keep on rolling. I said, we keep on going. I said, let's face it. If we're really living, we're not dragging around the old bad attitudes, are we? If you're really living life in abundance, 
You know, well, man, you remember such and such said this and this and that and all that. Just get the doom and gloom and everything. But what happens is, as we continue to, to pull those bad attitudes around, what happens? It zaps our life, doesn't it? You ever work with anybody like that? Huh? Hands everywhere. Isn't that something? Start work. We usually start working around 6 o'clock where I work at. And man, I don't know how you can get a shovel lift that bad, that fast at 6 o'clock in the morning. Isn't it crazy? I mean, I don't know. And then you want to blame it on the job, but I've got a funny feeling and it's not just the job because it started before you left the house. Come on now. Oh, it got quiet there. So anyway, uh, we need to bury the dead attitudes. Amen. What else the Lord showing us? Whoa, man, this thing's, this thing's fast, Tim. Got a new clicker here, man. Woo. All right. Bad habits. We need to bury those bad habits. It's the same thing. I said, Paul says this. Look, he says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Did Jesus have any bad habits? Absolutely not. So guess what? When he finds, when Paul turns around and says, I'm just laying my life down. I'm just trusting what he's saying. About I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm taking everything I believe and putting it in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen. So his, his connection with the Lord was so strong that, that all he wanted to do is reflect Jesus. Amen. You know what? Do we feel that way? Some days yes, some days no. Someday we don't really reflect him well. But aren't you glad that we have a forgiving God? Aren't you glad that he paid the price in full? And aren't you glad that we can get a fresh start in a new day? Anybody like fresh starts? Oh, that was quite, I'll say that again, obviously. Does anybody like fresh starts? Amen. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So we get a fresh start with him. And you know, even with Paul, sure he missed the mark. But he never quit striving to be more like Jesus. How about you? How about you? When you blow it, then you say, man, I'm just out, that's it. Or do you say, man, you know what? I really, I blew it, but I'm going to get back in the game. Because if you look through the Bible, everybody blew it but one. Jesus is the only one that walked, walked it all out. Aren't you glad that he's the perfect sacrifice for you and me? I know I am. I know I am. Let's keep on rolling. Whoa, whoa, whoa. this is going to get a little personal. Watch your toes. Negative talk. We need to bury that. We don't have any of that around here, do we? I'll go ahead and pray for us all right now. <laughs> Negative talk, man, we don't realize how our words shape us uh, so deeply a lot of times. We really don't realize that. You know, we need to say what God says. We need to identify with his words and bury all those negative words that people have been throwing your way. You ever have anybody talk down to you? It can have a big effect on you. Look at children as they go. Look, man, let's just break that. Look at your, look at your dog. How many people are animal lovers? All over the place. Man, you get on that, don't you do that. And now the dog comes around, he's like this. He's shaking like that. But if you, if you welcome him with kindness and extend that out there, what is he? Can't wait for you to get home. Isn't that amazing? Love some animals, man, I tell you. And, and you know, we can see it from the smallest level on up. You see sometimes people that maybe have a bad relationship, I'll just say, with, with their father. And they will spend the rest of their life trying to impress him or whatever the case is on that stuff. But you know what? Do you realize that you're a masterpiece in God's family? That's what I like to look at. That's what I like to look at right there. When I start looking at who God says I am, everything changes, amen, and it lifts our hearts up. So we need to bear the, that negative talk. Not only our negative talk, 
but the negative talk that people come and, and, and send our way. You know what? I, I was just sitting there thinking. When I was 14, I started playing guitar very, very heavy. When I was 14, I played in a band with guys that were 21 years old. All right? And so I was learning all types of stuff. And I think about everything in my life, I've done it in reverse. I learned how to play the guitar before I could tune it. Uh, you know, everything like that. You know, just all those different things. And I remember one time that uh, this guy said, man, we were playing and then the guy walked by and he said, oh man, them guys were really jamming over at that place over there. I said, yeah, that's my band. I guess that ain't your band. Now, granted, you said, well, how's that playing? That's all I did. Let me tell you, I did a whole lot more guitar homework than I did school homework. That was it. I mean, so man, that, that hit me hard as a kid. What do you mean? What do you mean? But you know what? I just filed that over there and I, I kept on playing. And then we got in the band and we were, we were stepping up and progressing a little bit more, a little bit more. And uh, we had a drummer that was tough. He wanted every note like the record. Every note. He said, well, you can't play it like that. I said, well, I can play it close. I don't read music, everything else. He said, well, you really need to do that if you're going to do this. And that made me mad. So you know what I did? I'll show him. You know what it did for me? It made me a whole lot better musician. But I had the wrong attitude. I had the attitude, I'm going to show him. But through God's grace, it worked out in my advantage. But you know what? How often do we say, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, instead of living our life, burying those negative things and say, Lord, you know what? Help me in this area of my life. Lord, show me how to do this. Show me how to do this. But you know what? A lot of things that people uh, in the world intend for bad, God can make them good. Amen? He can work all things together for the good of those who love them. Amen? And that's what we're standing on today. Just a little side note, because sometimes it hurts. Because whatever that thing is that you love the most, that you do the most, that you're the best at, you don't have to be the best, but the best at. Well, if it's fishing, and they say you can't do fishing. If you're weightlifting, they say you can't do that. If you're singing, they say, oh, you just can't do that. Man, if you believe all that negativity, guess what? You would turn into the person that they're trying to make you. So moms and dads, aunts and uncles, grandparents, speak life into your family so they can be all they can be for Jesus. Amen? See, when they say, I just can't. I say, oh, well, you know what? The Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? Anybody ever do any martial arts? I tell you what, I became a human pinata for a couple of years in there. They wow, man, they'd always get me out there. But one of the things that they would never let you say is can't. Can't. I saw a video this morning of a little girl, and she was born with no legs. And she decided that she wanted to be a gymnast. I saw that this morning, and I thought, wow. And her folks told her, we don't say can't. Her daddy started her off bouncing on, uh, what's that thing, spring? Trampoline. Very good. Sounds like yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you on my team if we ever do charades. You're good. Mr. Started her out on a trampoline. And then next thing you know, she was tumbling. I think she ended up being the state tumbling champion. I think it's in Illinois. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. The dad said that the little girl was with some of her friends. And the little girl said, well, you can't do that. You're handicapped. She said, I'm not handicapped. She said, you got a wheelchair? She said, I just, I'm just riding that so I don't get my clothes dirty. <laughs> and that's, see, her mind was not on what she didn't have. Her mind was on what she could do. 
And, and she had that encouragement of her mom and dad. How much more encouragement do we have from our Heavenly Father? You can do it. You can do it. You set your mind to it. You trust God. You take a step at a time. It might not come at the time that you think it should. It usually doesn't. Amen. But it, what's God doing during that time? He's molding and strengthening us so that we can deal with it when the time comes. Amen. How many know when your kid's born, you don't buy them a brand new Corvette and say, here you go, little Johnny. That's not going to work, right? And when they're 16, probably still not a good idea, right? Get them one that they can bounce into a few things. Get them a tank. Yeah. Get them a pacer. Right? You know why? Get them on one of those old paces. Because then nobody's going to want to ride with them. Then you don't have to worry about that. You know what I mean? I ain't riding with them. Yeah, you got that. Look like a fishbowl with wheels, man. Isn't that something? You can buy one now, probably real cheap with, with what are they, 25 years old? Probably got 3,000 miles on them. Why? Because nobody wants to drive them. Right? Miles, you ever have a pacer? Huh? You had a Maverick, didn't you? No, I don't know. But you know what? The reason I pull in some stuff like that is, we think the abundant life is looking like the world. I'm going to tell you the abundant life is found in the footprints of Jesus. Amen? That's it right there. Let's keep on going. Well, let's see what else happens. We need to bear those selfish ways. We don't have any selfish ways, do we? Let me go and get a drink on that. Mm -hmm. Those selfish ways. I said, I'm, I'm going to go back to this for just a second. I said, you know, when we're back at a word, I said, our words shape us more than we realize. We need to say what God says and identify with his word and bury all those negative words people throw our way. We often say we bury them, but when we go back and water the grave with the seeds of negativity, we have planted and wonder why they start growing up again. We say, well, yeah, I buried it. And then we start thinking about it again. So really what you're doing, you're watering them seeds. And then you wonder why that comes up again. Because you just watered the seeds. All right, keep on going. This is what the Lord was teaching me. I'm slow, but, but he's good. Amen. I said, dig the grave for negativity deep. Dig it deep. Bury the lies and keep moving forward. Amen. Let's roll on into this. Selfish ways. And I said, you know what? While you're digging that grave so deep, go ahead and toss a few of those selfish ways in there too. Amen. Let's keep on rolling with that. Lighten the load and let your new life feel the freedom of the broken shackles. Man. Can we get selfish sometimes? We like it our way, on our schedule, on our time. If not, it's not right. Anybody ever missed the mark on that? You think it's got to be this way, that way, right down the mark, and, then, and you didn't even consider anybody else's feelings, amen? I pray that our hearts are full of compassion and passion for others, amen? You think about Jesus as he, as he walked along. He, when he fed the 5,000, okay? He said, well, you go ahead and feed him. And he multiplies. He didn't say, well, you know, I don't, I don't like those flip-flops. You can't have anything. Well, I don't know. I like them flip-flops. You can have some. He didn't pick and choose, did he? He saw everybody equal. Amen. See, that's what that cross does. It puts us level at the cross. Aren't you glad? Amen. Let's keep on rolling. So let's go back to this. So I live in this earthly body, Paul says. By trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm going to read this out here. I'll mess it up. But this is what the Lord will show me. I, I hope you all enjoy this. I said, see, Jesus died for us to live. Amen. He was buried, but the grave couldn't hold him. I said, the power of the loving God raised him up on the third day. He is risen. Amen. Do we serve a risen Savior? Somebody say amen. That's a good word. Amen. See, we as Christians need to be living that third day kind of life. We need to be living that life that we have a living, risen Savior. 
But a lot of times we don't. We leave it, live it as a defeated foe. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you with this message, all right? And I said, but when we, when we see a lot of folks, they just, they just they still think Jesus is in the grave. Aren't you glad that he's risen? Now, we usually talk about that at church once a week. I mean, once a, once a year, you know, resurrection day. But if you took a hold of that to your life every day, how would your attitude change? How would your actions change? You are, you are in relationship with the risen Savior, amen? I said, the only thing left in that tomb, friends, was grave clothes. Why? Because a live man don't need no dead man's clothes. Amen? That's Buckrow translation right there. A live guy don't need, don't need a dead man's clothes. He is risen, man. And, and I think about that over and over and over. I said, man, we, we, he, he is risen. And when he rose, guess what? Everybody that put their faith and trust in him, they got a new wardrobe. Because we can put on his robe of righteousness now. Have you ever thought about that? When, when God looks at your life as a child of God, he sees you spotless, whole. Now, you say, well, what about, I know he took care of all my sins in the past. What about the ones when I blow it when I'm, you know, this age or that age or next week or next month? From that cross, from the cross, wasn't all your sins in the, ahead of time there? So he did that back here. All these were, what am I saying? Future. Future. So it didn't just stop when you were born. It's total coverage. Amen? So you mean, buddy, I could do anything I want, live any way I want? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when we realize that we've been forgiven, then we ought to start living like we're forgiven. Amen? And when we do miss it, get back in the game. Ask the Lord for forgiveness and, and, and recalibrate and keep on going. That's exactly what Paul did. Paul missed the mark. He was zealous about that. And he goes, uh-oh, wrong way. Did God give him, a, give him an opportunity to turn it around? Absolutely. What really changed in his life? When he encountered Christ, everything changes. When we encounter Christ, everything changes. Amen? It should. Because once he touches our life, we'll never be the same. Let's keep on rolling. Let's take a little inventory. Is it a good thing to take a little inventory from time to time? I thought so. If I hit the right thing. It's me, Tim. I said, inventory your life. Is what you're doing working? I said, sometimes it's a good idea to just do a little checklist. I said, you know, as we look at Paul, he sized his whole old life up as dead. He said, man, I, compared to the riches in Christ, what I had is nothing. That's like garbage. Compared to that, are we walking in that? He said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Paul realized on his own he was lost. You realize that? See, that's what happens. That's what that transformation is. When we're on our own and we come to that place, Lord, I need you. God steps in and says, I got you. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad he'll take you right where you are? And he loves you too much to leave you there. And when we talk about Paul again, he had great zeal. He had great focus, but it was on the wrong thing. The things he was focusing on was actually leading him away from God instead of leading him towards God. Sometimes we have to change the focus. Amen. Do we need to do that? Sometimes sometimes we need to recalibrate. Well, how do we do that? We open up the word of God. See, if the devil can keep that Bible shut, he'll keep you in the darkness, amen? But you know what? The word, wow, we had it up there last week. I think it's in uh, Psalm 119. Says, His word's a lamp unto our feet, amen? Are y'all using your flashlight? Are you using the word? I hope so. We got a little mini flashlight over there. There's little uh, daily bread. You can use them just in case you don't have the big Bible with you all the time. 
Always encourage you to read your word. Read the word of God every day. Amen. Well, let's keep on going. I said, if what you're not doing, if it's not working, then we need to change your path. Amen. Sometimes we need to regroup. Sometimes we need to keep on rolling. No one. Change doesn't have to be a bad thing because when it's in the right direction, it's a blessing. Did you know that? Change in the right direction is a blessing. Jesus set the path for us to follow in motion. We just need to follow in his footsteps by faith. Easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? But you know what? I'm thankful for everybody here because it shows me that, you know what? This is a priority in your life. And if God's a priority in your life, he's going to start forming and transforming and shaping and empowering things in your life to make better decisions, to give you strength, to help you have the eyes of Christ when you look at a situation, a set of eyes of, of, of the world. Because the world will start looking at things as worthless and the Lord... And when we look to the things of the Lord, we see things worthy. He's worthy. We start looking at one another, right? And we start seeing their value because you know what? They're equal in Christ. Amen. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I, I say that every week. Isn't that amazing? Because so many people think they got to do something to get it. Oh, got to tell you a story. Went down to get a hamburger yesterday, came back, and I had some company. They just seek me out. Right? Two young ladies. And they had a little name tag on. I said, hello there. What can I do for you? And they start telling me about what they believed and all that. And it wasn't what we believe. I can tell you that. And uh, I said, they started talking about this. And they threw Jesus in there. They sprinkled a little bit with Jesus and this and that. And then they had some man's name in there and somebody else. And somebody else was a prophet for right now. And I said, uh, hi. I said, uh, I'm going to tell you something. I said, I'm a preacher of the gospel. And I believe this. Boom, and I laid it out there. I said, it's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. It will always be about Jesus. I said, so what are you counting on to get to heaven? And she started out with Jesus. And then she had added about three or four hoops and a few other things and everything else. I said, don't see no peace in that. And I said, anytime you go somewhere and they take the word of God and they start bringing in their own version, back away. We're going to stand on the word of God. Amen. And so I was real polite about it and everything else. But they don't understand grace. You know, grace is a big thing to try to get a hold of. But I tell you what, anybody ever tells you that you've got to add to that cross, they're crazy. They are wrong. Why do you say that? Open the book. Open the Bible. Hey, he did it all. You can't add to it. You can't take from it. But you can receive it by faith. Amen. Hope y'all are on, on the path with that. Let's keep on going. Well, what else do we got? Don't compare side to side. Woo, we like to look at our neighbors, don't we? Look at the neighbor. Well, look what they do. Sometimes we compare so we can make ourselves feel better. Sometimes we compare and we don't feel better. Amen. <laughs> so you know what? What we need to do is raise our eyes up to the Lord and let the Lord elevate us up through his grace and his mercy. Amen. Through, through what he's done. We always want to look at what the neighbor's doing. Look what the Joneses are doing. Look what this is doing. What's going on over here? Everything else. But you know what? God doesn't tell you to do that. Now, if you look next door and somebody needs a hand and somebody needs something, then be the mirror of Christ to them. Amen. But don't turn around and, and evaluate how you're doing in life based on the guy next door. Because when you stand before the Lord, the guy next door is not going to be standing with you. Amen. Did y'all hear that? When you get there, it's going to be one-on-one. You can't say, well, I was just following Joe Blow down the road. No, you should have been following Jesus. Amen. 
So what we want to do is elevate the Lord, focus on the Father, and let God do what God does. Holy Spirit working on us to cultivate a heart that is compassionate, that is, is passionate, that loves, that forgives, that, that produces mercy, that our words are your words, and that we make a difference everywhere we set our feet. Amen? Let's keep on going. Check your center line. What do I mean by that? Where is Jesus in your life? Don't get caught in the trap, boy. I said, how many times do we do this? We look around, and the last, last person we, we get involved in our situation is the Lord. Something comes up, I'll fix it, I'll do it, I'll get all this, and then, then we pray. How many know that praying might be a great time saver, amen? If we start out there, it's amazing what God will show us, isn't it? It's amazing. And guess what? It's not always the easy route. Maybe that's why we take the other route. We want to take the easy route. But what happens when we go down some of those other routes? And it's tough. It's tough. But he's cultivating in us a heart like his. Jesus didn't take the shortcut to the cross. Amen. He didn't say, oh, I don't want to do that. He said, not my will, but your will. That sounds like laying down your life, isn't it? What did Paul say? It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Giving God proper place in our life. It's Jesus first in your life. I want to challenge you a little bit here. As we look at this, I said, set time aside to pray. Set time aside for the fellowship. Set time aside for praising the Lord. Even if it's just baby steps, take some time. You'll never come up short spending time with the Lord. Amen. And isn't it amazing that the Lord can whisper one or two words and it's huge. He's all knowing. He's all caring. He's all loving. So when he speaks into a heart, sometimes it's through the word. Sometimes maybe while we're praising, maybe sometimes it's in prayer. Maybe it's a whisper. Maybe it's a nudge. Maybe it's something that somebody else, uh, Lord uses them. Always go to the word and back it up with the word. All right. And that's what he wants to show us. Amen. I said, you know, when I was thinking about this inventory, every business does inventory, right? Schools do inventory at the end of the year. They do testing, all those things. So inventory is not a bad thing. It's a good thing so that we can kind of regroup, catch our balance, and see where we are. And what that does is gives us a firm foundation to take the next step. Amen? So I, I encourage us to take a look in, a, in our, our spiritual closet and say, man, Lord, what, what is it that uh, you want me to do here? What's going on? And I guarantee you that the Lord will show you that. He's not trying to hold any good thing away from you, is he? He already gave his best, right? He's already given his best for you and for me. Everybody doing all right? Good. I thought about this. I said, you know what? Even when we get ready for graduating, we go through all this. Did, did they complete all this? Did they do all this? Did they take the test? And then they said, okay, now you're ready. Why do we do that? Because we want them prepared for what's coming next. Right? With your children, you want them prepared for what's going on. So you take some time with them, right? So you speak into your, their life. But you can't sit there and say, you did this wrong, and you did this wrong, and you never do this right, and you don't do this. What do you think's going to happen? That's all they're hearing. If you say, hey, look, that's not the best for you, and this is why mom and dad are telling you this, and this is what the Lord says about this, I love you, let's step up. Let's step up. 
I was watching a little bit of Andy Griffith the other day. How many watch him? Oh my goodness, almost remind me of that story I had about the little girl and her grandmother, but it's just another version of it. Opie wasn't doing too good in school. And all of a sudden, Opie ended up bringing home straight A's. Oh man, Andy about popped his badge off there. Woo, dog, you know how he gets. Woo, doggy son, that's good right there. Yeah, he was ready. <laughs> he was all excited about that. But guess what? He didn't earn them on his own. It was a, there was a little mistake. I think he got a new bicycle and everything else. And that weight of guilt came down on Opie. Because every time he said, boy, you're doing so good. So, yeah, we want to praise our children. We want to praise one another when we do good. But that guilt was so much on him. Because he wanted to try to tell me. He's like, dad, they made a mistake. That's not mine. Here's mine. Oh. And boy, guess what? To the point that he wanted to leave home. Isn't that something? He didn't take the bike either. Left the bike. He got his stuff. And he's going down the train, train track. He's about, he's about seven years old in this particular one. He's going to join the Navy. That's what he told me. But this is what I thought was really interesting. Andy comes down and talks to him. I had no idea I was going to share this, but I, I think it's right on point. He went down there and talked to him. He said, Paul, that wasn't, I didn't, I didn't do good. I didn't get straight A's, and I just figured you wouldn't love me anymore. When that realization set in with the father, he said, no, son, I'm the one who made a mistake. From this day on, I want you to just do your very best. And I will love you, and I will support you right there. I believe that's what God tells us. You know? You know what? You step out, and I'll make it. I'll make it better. You step out, and you trust me. How many people... When their kids was going to school, they made this thing. Thomas made me something out of this mold. I got it on my desk at work. It looks, it's supposed to be a turtle. It's supposed, it looks like a bad rock. I mean, it just looks like this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and some of my friends, one of my friends came up there and they go, you got one too, huh? <laughs> he said, I had a giraffe, I think. Thomas is going to be 23 years old, graduated college, working man. I'm going to be 50, Lord willing, my birthday. I still got that turtle on there. You know why? Because my boy made that. <laughs> Even put his name in there, scribbled it in with a toothpick. Isn't that something? Priceless. Priceless. And he even lost a foot last year, so I'm not stuck it back on. I went down to the phone. I was like, oh my gosh. They're like, man, what is that? It's my turtle. <laughs> so the guys in the shop, we got the right glue. And we got everything. And we fixed that turtle. It kind of looks like this now. <laughs> but it's the thought behind it. See, it wasn't, at that point, I'm thinking, I'm not sure art's going to be his thing. But I still love it. <laughs> you know, I'm really thinking, you know, this is, Wow. You get this from your dad, man. <laughs> I could do it, man. And you look at those things. How many people got stuff like that in their garage? Huh? Yeah. My mom still got stuff like that. I'm like, throw it out. I don't even want to look at it. You know? All types of stuff. I made an elephant, dude. An elephant. Yeah. Big old ears. He looks like a monkey with a stick on his nose. My mom still got it. Why? I have no idea. But I got a funny feeling that goes back to this. Because 
that's my child and that's okay with me. Isn't that something? I believe that's what God's saying. You know what? So I want to challenge us a little bit here. Challenge us to love like God loves. Challenge us to grow in the Lord. Challenge us to keep walking and challenge us to take the eyes of Christ with our family, with our friends, and with others. Amen. Because even though we might not be the great artist or the guitar player or the singer or whatever you fill in the blank, you are unique and a masterpiece in Christ. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. Everybody doing good. Now, Pastor Buddy did not tell you to go throw away all your stuff that your kid made on third grade. So y'all just keep on holding on to it. Never give up. You ever heard that? Usually just on football, right? No, you never give up anyway. Here we go. Take a look at this. I said, never give up, always look up. What do you mean? You know, many times when we look at stuff, we just, man, there's just no way this is going to work. This is no way. But so many people want to bow out, bow, bail out when it's not easy. Maybe as time goes by, you see it different. I heard my dad saying the same thing. Now I said, man, everybody just gives up now. You know? Why is that? Why do we give up so easy? I looked and researched some stuff about that. And they were so, so amazing. There were so many cases and so many different things that people had given their life just diligently to. And right before they get to the, the finish line, they give up. I read a story about one lady that I, I can't remember. She was swimming so many miles and all this stuff. And she had swimmed for so many hours and all this stuff. And finally she said, I just can't do it. I can't do it. They go, no, you can make it. You can make it. And I think she stood up in the water about right here. I mean, just feet from the dream. Just feet from that. What is it that God's placed in your heart that the devil's trying to steal? I want to encourage you. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing on. Amen. Keep going on. And when it gets overwhelming, I'm preaching to me. Look up a little higher. That's why it's so great to surround yourself with some people that love the Lord. Because when they come along and say, hey, 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 you're not in this by yourself. You're like, I don't see nobody. Well, guess what? Next thing you know, someone says, come on, we can do this. We can take another step. We can do that. That's what a church family should be doing. That's what we should be doing as, as Christians, come alongside. When we look side to side, not in comparison, look side to side to see where we can step up to the plate to be a mirror of Christ for somebody else. Amen? And God will bless that. We don't do it to get blessed. We do it because we are blessed. And that's what I hope that we do. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. Give glory to God. Man. So what happens when we do step in and we help somebody? Do we go, well, uh, you know, I helped uh, my next door neighbor and good thing I was there. No. Sometimes you just like to do a few things to keep on moving. And say, you know what? Have a great day. Let me tell you about my Lord. Let me tell you, maybe that's a doorway that God's going to let you speak his truth into somebody's life. Maybe they're going to see that and say, wow, man, when everything was down. You know, you know what? It just popped in my mind. You know what those two little girls said yesterday? They were talking about, uh, talking about what they believe. Do you know anybody in need? Do you know anybody going through a tough time? And I thought about that. In life, all of us go through a tough time. But I don't want the counterfeit when I'm going through a tough time. I want the real thing. I want the real deal. Okay? God bless them, you know, but, but, but here's the thing. If it deviates from that word, it's, it's a counterfeit. 
And that's what we want to make sure that we are constantly pointing praise to God. Amen. Here's something else. Every second counts. What's the first thing I said when we came in here today? If you knew you were going to die tomorrow, how would you act today? Amen. How would, how, you know, how would, how would you, your steps be different? It'd be nice to say, man, no, it'd be the exact same way. I don't know. That's great if that is. But the truth of the matter, maybe I'd make a few more phone calls. Maybe I'd forgive a little faster. Maybe I'd say I'm sorry a little faster. Maybe I wouldn't worry about too much gravy on the mashed potatoes. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that we could probably let roll off. And what we need to do is roll on, pointing people to Jesus. Amen? I, I think that's why we become so stressed out. Anybody get a little stressed sometimes? We do. We do. School's starting back up. Man, you got to have stuff ready for the kids. You know, we got to do this. We got to get back to work. We got to get back in the groove. The seasons are changing, man. The VEPCO bill's going up. You know, all these things going on. So there's enough out there to just wind you up. But what we need to do is wind up looking into the Word and allowing the Lord to help us in those situations. We've got to keep Christ-centered, amen? Hard as it is sometimes for us to do in our flesh, we can't even do it in our flesh. Ask the Holy Spirit to help guide us. And you know what? Surround yourself with some loving folks that love you just the way they are, you Christian brothers and sisters, amen? So we don't want to waste a second, right? Don't waste a day. Isn't that the same thing? No, I said, you know, if we agree every second counts, then this should really be the alarm right here. Don't waste a day. There's something to learn every day, something to experience every day, and someone to love every minute. You believe that? And someone who loves you every second in his name of Jesus. Every second of the day. On your worst time, anytime, all the time, he loves you. Let's keep on rolling. We're going to bring it home here. This is where this message started, right here. This right here. I was washing those dishes at my mom's house, and I was praying. I said, Lord, what are we going to, what are we going to do this week? What are we going to do this week? And this is what the Lord whispered to my, my heart. The fruit of passion grows from a heart that cares. I said, well, well that, what do you mean? The fruit of, fruit of passion grows from a heart that cares. When you see somebody that cares about somebody else, they're going to be passionate in trying to make things better for them. Amen? The Lord Jesus was passionate about you and me and us. What did he do? He put some feet to that, didn't he? He came. He paid the price. And he rose on the third day. When we think about that, how do we apply ourselves into that? Over and over, I said, man, this is just amazing. We can say we care, but if we don't follow up with actions, do we really care? There's different levels, right? I don't mean to put your life on hold and do everything else for everybody else. I don't mean any of that. But what I'm saying is, are we responding to the nudge of the Holy Spirit when he says, hey, you can do something here. Hey, you can encourage somebody here. Hey, you can give here. You can take a few minutes of your time here. See, a lot of times we get so busy. Anybody got a busy schedule? Everybody's got a busy schedule. Always got a busy schedule. We can fill it up with all types of stuff. Notice I said stuff. But you know, we want to fill it up with the God kind of stuff because that's the best stuff, amen? Love, peace, forgiveness, grace. Because that's what showered on 
us. Amen. So living life to death, I mean every day, look for opportunities. Every day, let's keep on going. You know what? When they put this body in, in that hole, I don't think it's going to be much left. I'm halfway there now. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I want to do all that I can do that God's called me to do, don't you? Yeah. And if I'm not careful, I get so wrapped around the wheel of looking over here and looking over there and not looking up here. But guess what? I can get off course. So you know what? Let's recalibrate today. Let's go back and look at, you know, taking that inventory of our life and never give up. I'm going to get ready to close it out with this thought right here. Everybody doing good so far? Amen. All right. Last night when I was finishing this up, I thought I was done, but the Lord gave me one more thing to write. A life without compassion is a life that is selfishly lived. What do you mean? When I start looking up the word compassion and stuff, it's just talking about, man, it's, just, it's so full. It's so full. Nowadays, it's all about me. I used to work with a guy for almost 25 years, and one of the things, out of all the things that the man would say, this is what sticks in my mind when I think about this fellow. Not putting him down anything. He says, I'm going to get mine. That was his attitude. It showed in his work. It showed in his relationships. It showed in everything else. In other words, you know what? You're second or third, or I don't even care. I'm going to get mine. Let me tell you, you work with somebody like that for 20 years. It's tough. And I would take those opportunities and go, hey, man, you know, there's other people here. Oh, well. And I saw this person live a life that was very callous, very lonely. And when things went bad and he needed somebody to step up to the plate, the thing that he'd been preaching all those years came back and got him. Because this is what happened. You got yours. That's a sad deal. And I thought, man, how can you go for years and days and weeks and months and over and over and keep throwing that same seed and not expect to reap what you've been doing? Right? Over and over, you reach out to people, you reach out to people, you reach out to people. And there's some times that maybe they'll get a soft spot. And you just pray that God will take that moment and let them see that compassion. But you know what? We're never going to give up. We're just going to keep on looking up. 20 years, it was hard because I kept looking up. I would pray for this guy when things would go on and he would receive that. Within a week, we're back to where we were. But I can say this. What did the Lord teach me during that time? I never gave up on you. Okay, Lord. I wanted to give up. There's probably a few times I did give up, but the Lord nudged me and got back in the game. And I wish him well. You know when that man worked his last day? Nobody even showed up. I mean, I really knew. Wow. I don't want to live a life like that. I'd rather not have anything of any monetary stuff have this. Amen. I'd rather have somebody say, you know what? He missed the mark a lot, but you know what? You know, he tried to do the best he could. 
you know? Isn't it something that sometimes, just because of the seeds that we sow, you could be in an area or a room this size, and somebody could say a person's name. And immediately, you can tell by the look on people's face how they perceive that person. It's not always right, right? But I'm going to tell you what. A lot of times, you paint your own picture, amen? What picture are we painting today? I pray that we're painting a good picture of Jesus Christ. I know we're all not artists, amen? And I know sometimes that we don't do them justice, amen? But get up today and start fresh. It's a new day. Allow God to mold us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for all you do. I thank you, Lord, that you're not done with us yet. I thank you, Lord, that you let, allow retakes and new days and fresh, fresh starts. I know we all need them. I know I do. And I thank you, Lord, for that. And I pray if there's one here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, that today is the day they call on the greatest name ever, the only name with their salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, buddy, what must I do to be saved? I'll tell you, just like they said in the Word, when they asked Paul, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord, I pray that today you say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I know you're the Son of God that takes away the sin of the world. Today, Lord, I'm trusting you as my Savior. If that's you, don't leave here today without telling somebody, you know what? That was my prayer. If you're here today and you say, man, buddy, uh, I don't, I don't want to give up. I want to look up, but I'm tired out. I pray that something that was said in today's message will refresh you will rejuvenate you and restore you. Lord, restore us our strength. Lord, restore us the wisdom that you promised to us, Lord. Lord, restore us our peace, our joy, through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, somebody. Amen. I pray